ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Wednesdays with Wheels. It's your favorite friend on Wednesdays, David Wheels Maxwell. Listen, before we jump into the podcast with my good friend Jenna Cottrell from the Channel 13, uh, I need to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Falenga's Gourmet and Artisan Cotton Candy. This takes cotton candy to a whole new level. We're not just talking like cherry and blueberry. No, no, no. We're talking flavors like Fireball, Fireball, Pickle. Hey, that's right. I said it. Pickle. I said Falingas. There's no way you can make a cotton candy taste like a pickle that I want to eat. Send it to me because I need to try it. And it sure does. And it tastes good. Listen, check out their website at Falingas Gourmet and Artisan Cotton Candy. They're at the public market. And if you go to the public market and tell them you heard this ad here on Wednesdays with Meals, you get a dollar off your purchase. So, I mean, it's a win-win. You're listening to the podcast and just save a little bit of money. Your taste buds will thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into this podcast because it is a busy, busy sports weekend. Jenna, how are you, my friend? Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Um, Honestly, now I'm hungry after talking about that cotton candy. Uh, But no, getting excited. Obviously, it's a very busy week. Um, Bill's looking forward to having the Patriots in town on Saturday, and we know it's going to be quite a matchup in the playoffs. And we're going to break that matchup down in a, just a little while. But I do, I guess the first question I want to ask you is, do you think this matchup between the Bills uh, and the Patriots loses a little luster because it's not Tom Brady? Um, Yeah, I could say, I could see why Bills fans would want it to be Tom Brady just because Brady has dominated them for so many years. But I think what makes this matchup just so special is the fact that this is the third time these two teams are seeing each other in the last 40 days. Like that is so incredibly rare in the NFL and for have a matchup like this, especially what it's meant historically. Like, yeah, I know a lot of fans, they want to beat Brady. They want it to be when Brady's at his best. Um, but at the same point, it's still Bill Belichick. And we know it's still a very talented team, and we know the history between the two groups. Um, so it, it's going to make for something special on Saturday. And I just think, of course, like, you know, the Bills want to have this long playoff run. They have all these Super Bowl expectations, all these things. Um, but, of course, it's the Patriots standing right in their way to start. Uh, you know, I was going to move on to something else, but we've already got a lot of comments in the chat. And Paula asked, do you think we would have had a better shot against the Chargers? I would say the Chargers, I think, are a more um, high-powered offense. Uh, my one thing, I think maybe the Chargers would have been a better matchup only because, obviously, they're an L.A. team. They're a dome team coming to Buffalo. It's supposed to be, I, I read about zero, like five degrees is what the expected temperature is at some points. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of wind, which I think that's important for the Bills, but if you were to take an L.A. team and put them in, you know, zero temps, it, zero temps is hard for anyone. I don't, I, the players don't enjoy being in it. I'm sure the fans don't really love it either. Obviously everyone's there. Um, but I think in terms of that, just because I think it would just really throw off the Chargers team. Um, obviously the Patriots are used to playing in the cold, but I think like every guy on the sidelines on the field really has to adjust because it's not just going to be cold. It's going to be frigid. Yeah, it's going to be frigid. You know, it's interesting because I was with a bunch of people watching last week's game and uh, one of the guys was saying we need a dome <laughs> you know we we can't be playing in this crappy weather yeah you know it affects the way josh throws the ball and you know what what say you about that i mean there's there's people that say we like the fact that a team's got to come here and play in this kind of weather 
Mm-hmm. And then there's other people like that that say we need a dome so that we don't have to worry about the elements. So Josh Allen has made it kind of abundantly clear that he would like to play in a dome. I think that a dome would suit this Bills offense more considering it is so much through the arm of Josh Allen. It's so much about passing, accuracy, all those little things that when, you know, it's freezing out, it's hard to feel your hands. It's hard to catch a ball that's coming at you that fast. You can't really be as mobile as you're used to. Your legs tighten up. That's so much different. But that being said, this is not, you know, what Josh Allen wants. This is what New York State and the Bills agreed upon. And I don't think that like a dome isn't even being considered, unfortunately. Right, I know a lot right. of Bills fans are very upset about that. But what they're looking at is doing the outdoor stadium in Orchard Park, which uh, Mike Catalano of 13 Wham was first to report. Got to get a little plug in there from him. Um, but it's a protected stadium is kind of what the mock-ups have shown. So there's it's still an outdoor stadium. There's not a roof or anything like that. But there's parts of the stadium that are covered to a certain extent, which mm-hmm. I think might shield some fans from some of the elements. But... I wish it was a dome. I mean, I'm on the sidelines. Like, I'm wearing 72 scarves and 52 mittens, and, like, I'm freezing my butt off. Um, But, and I know a lot of fans would love that, too, but it just doesn't look like it's in the cards. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I don't know. When it gets colder weather, I love going to the stadium, been to the stadium several times, but when it's colder weather, I'd much rather just sit in my living room. I I totally get it. I mean, it's, it's, it will say, especially like we talked about that Chargers matchup, if that were to happen. It is a big advantage if you take a team like Miami and stick them in, you know, Buffalo in January. But that being said, it's just hard to be out there for so long because of the elements. Um, And it's just a challenge that every player, every person out there has to adjust to. So it's... I've I've also wondered, is it really an advantage only because... At some point, all these players have played in inclement weather before. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's their first time ever playing in rain or snow or sleet or wind. So, I mean, it might be an advantage because you're not used to it, but it's not. I mean, they've all played in it before. Yeah, I think it's it's both. It is an advantage and it is not an advantage. And let me explain it like this. I think it is an advantage because when you're used to those conditions week in and week out, you know how to better prepare. You know what you need to do for your body. You know how many pairs of socks you need to wear. You need, you know how long you need to warm up. You know like what you can expect. Sometimes I feel like when I have friends visit me from out of town that live in the South, they're like, it's like punch you in the face cold. And yes. I'm like, oh, this is nothing. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is a fall day. <laughs> so I feel like sometimes it does. it's good because living in Buffalo – you know, you're used to those elements living in Western New York. But that being said, on the flip side, I mean, these are athletes that get paid millions and millions of dollars to perform at peak performance. And you can't tell me that someone can perform at peak performance when they can't feel their hands because it's so cold out. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword of like, I can understand why it would be an advantage, but I can also understand why players are frustrated by it or fans even because you can't, there's just no way you're going to be your fastest or you know what I mean and also another thing to think about for Sunday or for Saturday when you get hit like getting up off the cold ground is exhausting it's that much more impactful because it hurts that much more it's just something to think about because it's going to be cold obviously just in general but then being tossed around that's added in too I I, yeah I can't imagine what it's like to hit uh uh, hit someone in that cold weather like it's it's, it's got to sting a little bit. Uh, what is, I know around this time of year, we don't, they put out injury reports, but they're kind of 
fudged maybe a little bit. You don't want to tip mm-hmm. off the other team. What is the injury report for both teams looking like? And like, and are the Saber or the Bills? Sorry, uh, are they? Uh, are they? Uh, do they have a full complement of uh, players uh, at their disposal? I will say for it being week 19, technically, of the NFL season, the Bills injury report is very short. The only player who was limited today in practice was wide receiver Cole Beasley. Other than that, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, one of the receivers who has been dealing with a knee injury, he has been back to practice. F.A. Obata, one of the Bills defensive linemen, he has also returned. Really the only guy... Knock on wood for Bills fans here. Um, that Buffalo has lost this season has been Trey White, obviously having an ACL injury in that Saints game. Um, so that's something when you look at it, it's pretty astounding considering how far we are into the season. In terms of the Patriots, their list is a lot longer, but of, of course it is because it's miraculous, like I said, that the Bills is so much shorter. Um, so that being said, I feel like the Bills will have a pretty solid They'll, they'll have their full deck of cards and, and considering what they're going into on Saturday, which I think is important. Um, and I don't think many NFL teams, including the Patriots, can say that at this point in the season. Is there any concern around the team that they've said, man, that they've said publicly or uh, about their slow starts? Because it, it does seem to me that they get on. Josh seems to struggle with within the first quarter maybe even the second quarter. And then I think they even made mention of it on the broadcast uh, last week that uh, he's really a fourth quarter. He really turns it on in the fourth quarter. He really does. And I feel like he's uh, he's clutch. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he has that ability to take his game to the next level. You've seen that. But getting out to a faster start is huge. And it's what this team needs to do, especially against the Patriots. Mac Jones, their rookie quarterback, is a guy. He only threw the ball like five times in the first meeting against the Bills. And that is the best point for the Bills to win at. If they can take advantage of a rookie who's coming up playing in the cold. And what I mean by that is if you get out to an early start for the Bills, that essentially forces the Patriots to have to throw the ball more. And there's more of an opportunity to take advantage of Mac Jones throwing the ball than their run game, which because they have a pretty good run game. Um, so that being said, I think it's you you want to see that. Like it's something that's kind of bit this team. I, I was impressed at least at the start against the Jets. They were able to get out to that fast touchdown, Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. Um, but obviously there was that lull. Yeah, like for a while in there. Yeah. And then you think of the Falcons game. I mean, the Falcons were beating them early on. It took until the second half, like you mentioned. Um, and even I think of the Tampa game. I mean, you remember that? Obviously, the Bills didn't win that game, but it was like Buffalo was asleep in that first half, and then they flipped up the switch in the second. Um, but I think that's something that to win in the playoffs, you have to execute, and you're going to hear the word execute probably a lot this week. It's the, one of the Bills' favorite words to say in their press conferences, but that execution starts in the first quarter. You need to get out to it. You need to get the ball moving. You need to get in the end zone because – it's important to score all the time in football, but it's absolutely necessary in matchups like this where it's really just so close. I think in the Bills last year in the playoffs, like some of those scores games, like it's a close game, it's a tight game, it's going to be a physical game, and you need to score when you can and take advantage of, of that in the play clock. Just, the, uh, just a question that just popped in my head, but have any of the players said, and, I, and it, it, it may sound like a strange question, but after coming off of a season where they didn't have any fans in the stands mm-hmm. and then they have fans in the stands have any of the players commented like that 
at first it was a little difficult because they got used to no fans in the stands or what what was their reaction about that when having fans back in the stands i think early on people it wasn't like they i think they forgot how passionate maybe those fans were like the in terms of the crowd early on because as you know and i know like going to a game it could be you know a september game that essentially means nothing and it's going to be a packed house. Mm. I mean, even last week I was at the game, like it was against the Jets. It was a packed house. Um, just, so just stuff like that where you know it's going to be loud. What makes this year different, though, is the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, is that now in the playoffs, if you remember last year, it was like a, a limited crowd in the playoffs. Now Buffalo will have essentially a sold-out crowd on Saturday night. Um, and honestly, it, I think it it adds that much more. I mean, there hasn't been a home playoff game in so long. Thank you, Janet. That is very sweet. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt what I was saying. No, that's but okay. um, that's really nice. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's something that they had to get used to. But when you're playing at home, I mean, you know that crowd's behind you. It gives you some juice. So I think the Bills are looking forward to having that home playoff game with a full crowd there. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be rocking. It's going to be all that rolled into one. Um, let's talk. I'm I'm a sports guy, a sports betting guy, and with mm-hmm. sports betting now legal in New York State, uh, let's talk about the line a little bit in this game. I yeah. believe I saw it at four. Uh, yeah. It might have gone up to a one point four and a half. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What What say you about that line with it? Because the the last time they played, it was a very uh, low scoring. Uh, was it the last time they played or the time before? So the, the first time they played, it was that low-scoring affair. Then the second time in Foxborough, the Bills kind of were able to separate right. themselves. That's right. But that first on. time with the weather, it was low-scoring. And So what say you about the, the uh, plus four for the Patriots? For Yeah, so I think, you know, obviously home field <clears throat> is worth about three. Um, I think when you look at this game, if you were to take Bill Belichick out of this equation and like what he has meant to the Patriots and what the Patriots have done to the bills, I would say like, wow, that line's actually pretty low. Like I would expect it to be higher. Um, but just the, I feel like the fear factor is Belichick in this equation. Look, when you look at the talent on these rosters, like the bills are the more talented team. I mean, you look at quarterback, it's, Literally, no question. It's Josh mm-hmm. Allen. The Bills' defense is the number one ranked defense in the league right now. Don't get me wrong. Patriots have a strong defense, too. Um, but at the same point, I, I just think this Bills team has been able to prove that within week in and week out. Um, but I, I'm Vegas knows, though. So that's what I do expect it to be a close game. It's crazy how much Vegas knows. Vegas um, does know. Vegas does. They do. They there are do. times where I'll look back and I'm like, oh, my goodness. How did they know? And it was yes. a crazy game, all that. And the playoffs, though, I expect games to be a lot closer. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, so four, four and a half. That sounds yeah. that sounds about right. So I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have you give us since we're talking about the Bills, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. I'm gonna have you give us a little prediction. What do you think? What are you looking for the the final score to be? I think it's about going to be about 24-21. Okay, that's about maybe 21-17. I have the Bills winning in this one. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, though, because I do think the weather will play a factor. Now, again, it's not supposed to be a lot of wind, knock on wood for Bills fans, because that can really affect the passing game. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, I feel like the cold, uh, that ju- that does affect this game. There's going to be maybe some more turnovers than expected, whether it be on special teams or things like that, just because the ball is going to be – it's just going to be that much harder to catch the ball. Um, you know, when your hands are cold, it's like, could you imagine – 
I, I can't even think of no, like catching a ball. I, yeah. I will tell you something else that's really cool about this game is that it's on at 8.15 at night. Uh, yeah. And it's the only, I mean, they've got mm-hmm. the spotlight to themselves, right? Yep. So yep. If, if you ever wanted to get out of the shadow of Bill Belichick mm-hmm. and the daunted uh, Patriots, yep. this would be the game to do it when all eyes are on uh, Buffalo and Orchard Park and and exactly and, and all of that. So uh, I, I do think it's so poetic, too, that it is the Patriots. Like, at first, I didn't want the Bills to face off against them because I was like, a third time? I mean, again, they played them three times. It'll be in the last month in a week. Um, but I think it's just very fitting that the franchise would go up against a team that's meant, you know, that's beaten them so many times. And the Bills, now obviously that was with Brady, so it makes it different. But at the same point, I think uh, I think it's just, it's like a perfect little, little narrative. And Saturday night, like you said, all eyes are going to be on them. I mean... I don't think a single TV in Western New York will be on any other channel. So, <laughs> no. like, we have our broadcast going on at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And I'm like, I could probably tap dance because no one's going to be watching, which is totally fine. I understand. Right. Um, but it's it's yeah. going to be, I just, you saw it last year, too. I mean, I've lived in Western New York now for six years. And just seeing how much the community like rallies around the team and even just going to Wegmans and seeing people wearing like Bill's masks and Bill's shirts Mm. and like the car, it just, it feels different when the bills are winning. And then it feels even more different when the bills are winning in the playoffs. Um, So I feel like that sense of, that sense of community too. And it's going to be cool for the bills to have that spotlight on Saturday night. It it sure is. And it's just even, even hanging with my buddies at the house the other uh, last weekend and uh, you know, we're all just sitting around the TV and and just hanging on every pass and yeah. you know every uh, every penalty and uh, so it, it's going to be fun and I can't wait and uh, let's hopefully the Bills come out with a, let's hope they come out with a W mm-hmm. and they move on uh, to uh, most likely week. Kansas City yeah most likely now this is something I want to talk to you about though because <laughs> I, I mean I know look. The Steelers, would you agree, are probably the worst team ever to make it into the playoffs? I mean, they're they're limping in, actually. But if you listen to head coach Andy Reid of this Chiefs, he said that the Steelers are looking like a one seed. So you talk <laughs> well, about complimenting your opponent, and then it's like you have to respect your opponent. Everyone talks about how that important that is in the league because you don't want to give the other team bulletin board material. But at the same point, it's like you're just blatantly lying. Yes, you are just blatantly lying, but the um, it's interesting because I saw a a prop bet you could make uh, to will the Steelers make it on to the next round of the playoffs, and uh, the, the, the the yes on that saying that they would make it to the next round was plus fifteen hundred. <laughs> yep, plus fifteen hundred. Uh, the only thing that scares me about this game for for that I I mean I think the Chiefs win yeah. I I really do but we have seen Mike Tomlin he's probably done the most masterful job of all the yeah. coaches this season maybe uh maybe you could also put Sean Payton into that that okay. uh, I like category. Mike Brable as well Mike Brable right because they mm-hmm. lost the running back there yep but, Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry but I just think like. If anybody could pull out an upset, it would be Mike Tomlin because somehow he's going to have them motivated to play. 
I mean, I, I agree. And I, I think, look, do I think the Chiefs are going to win this game? Yes, I do. But it's the NFL. And like we saw even last week, I know it's not the playoffs, but like week 18 was insanity. And you saw all these teams kind of, it, it was wild to see that. Um, anything can happen in the NFL. I think of the run the Jacksonville Jaguars went on a couple of years ago. You know, like mm. things can happen in the playoffs. What you don't expect, even, I mean, it's interesting to see when teams get hot. Um, now, for the Chiefs, obviously, they're the more talented group, all of those things. Right. Uh, I do expect them to win, but at the same point, I mean, Mike Tomlin knows how to motivate his guys. They love being in that underdog role. They absolutely adore that. They feed off of that, and we'll see how it, how it all plays out for that game. But I think every game is going to be a lot of fun to watch because – it, like I said earlier, it's just everything gets ramped up that much more. The energy level, the sense of ur- urgency, the sense of f- physicality, like everything just matters that much more. And it makes everything just, it, it just, it's For the sure. best kind of football. It's the best it's, kind of football. It is, you know, but because it's not like other sports too. Yes. Like basketball and hockey mm-hmm. where they're seven game series. Correct. Right? It's yep. one and done. It's so like March Madness. If you have a bad day, you know, you could be the best team on paper, but if you have a bad day, you're done. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's so true, and that's that's what makes it so unique, like you said, because it's a professional sport, but they're not playing the series. I mean, even the Super Bowl. I mean, it's obviously just one game. Um, so it's it's like March Madness, and every game counts, and I think it's that reminder, too, for the Bills, the AFC is just, it's packed this year. I mean, there's so many good teams in the AFC um, that I feel like anyone could, maybe not the Steelers, but I feel like anyone could win it, essentially. Um, so it just, if I'm Sean McDermott, I'm preaching this week, we know what to do. And I think the interesting thing about this season is, last year was so easy. This team, it was like automatic. They just, the passing offense was fantastic. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, that connection, they were putting up like 40 points every game. This year was way more of a grind. They were almost at times led by their defense, things like that. Like they had the bad loss to Jacksonville, surprising losses this season. But talking to the players this week, they spoke about how this team is so much more tested. Like they feel Mm. more prepared going off that run they had last year in the playoffs, and then also what they went through this year. And I think that's important too because this team knows how to win when their back's against the wall because they've had to do that at points this year, whereas last year maybe things were just a little easier all all around. Absolutely. They really have. Uh, I've been accused on social media of not being a Bills fan. I I am a Bills fan. I root for the Bills, but I call – I call it like I see it, and when they yeah when they have bad games against the Jaguars, mm-hmm. uh, you know I call it like I see it. Doesn't mean I'm not a fan, but I don't. You know you you've got to you've got to hold these guys to task a little bit. Yeah, and that's why Completely. I look at I look at the Steelers and I say anything can happen because take a look at that Jaguars game for the Bills. Everybody went into that game thinking there's no way. We're the Buffalo lose. Bills can lose this game. Yeah, yeah. And you worry about that sense of almost entitlement, like maybe with the Chiefs. Like I don't know how Andy Reid is preparing his players because I could see how you can kind of rest on your laurels, um, especially for the Chiefs. I mean, they've won a Super Bowl. But it's interesting you do mention the Steelers because Mike Catalana and I have discussed this, including Dan Fates too, of like 
The Steelers are a good franchise, I think, for the Bills to model themselves after because of the six sustained success, because of what they've had at quarterback, like the the ability there. Um, you know, a big, strong armed guy. Obviously, Josh is way more mobile than Ben right. Roethlisberger ever was. Even but this, even even way more mobile than Ben back in his good. Yeah, was, even yeah, way I well mean, before that um, yeah. ever was. <laughs> um, yeah, but at the same point, that model of what you've seen and. I think this Bills team is built for that, which makes it really exciting. But, you know, they have such lofty expectations and they talk about winning a Super Bowl and all those things. And it's like you battle through the regular season to get to now. Now is when the real season starts because this team, while they're incredibly talented and they've had a great last couple of years, they have, as as Jerry Hughes says, they have no hardware. They want to go out and get the hardware, which is true. Right. Yeah. We've, we've knocked on the door a few times for the hardware. Yeah, yes, yeah. We've knocked on the door, but we've never kicked the door down, yes. uh, per se. I, I wanted to talk about a few other things, uh, mm-hmm. if we could. I, I want to get your take on the um, the amazing Sunday night game that we saw <laughs> between uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Chargers. Yeah. Okay, and what, Jenna, what was... Uh, their coach uh, Staley doing, calling a timeout there the because timeout. I think well, I was... think that um, the Raiders coach was just going to let the time run out and they were going to both go to the playoffs. I think so too. I absolutely think that, and I think that's why. And then I think when Staley called the timeout, they were kind of like, "Well, let's just go win the game," because they were. Con- I think they were confused. I think they wanted him to just run out the clock, and then when he stopped it. Um, We were actually watching that game in the sports office of 13 and Mike Catalana and Dan Fates and I were actually all in the office and we were like losing our minds. We're like, Oh my gosh, I can't. That being said though, if I were the Raiders, I would have wanted to win that game as well because the Raiders now are matched up against the Bengals. Whereas if they were to tie, they would have been matched up against the chiefs, which if the chiefs have had their number for a long time. Um, so I think I get in terms of the matchup, but it was funny because then I saw on Twitter, it was like hashtag NFL is rigged. Like, you know, like people right. were going, they were losing their minds. Um, but I mean, it literally came down to the last game, the last play in the last week of the NFL regular season to, to figure out, you know, who was going to be in the playoffs and who wasn't. And it's like, I mean, Roger Goodell, you can love him or you can hate him, but like he has maximized the viewership, the impact, and all that of of the league. So it was it was must see TV, and you know it's obviously like eleven thirty midnight. People yeah, are staying up to see away. what happens. I know. I get. It. I was I was like I need to go home from work, and I was like I just want to watch the end of this game. I was like I almost wanted to be. I almost want there to be another quarter. Can we just? Uh... I know. I did not want the Steelers to get in, but that was just because. I don't know. I just I, I wanted to see the Raiders and the Chargers get in more, just because we've seen so much from the Steelers in the playoffs. I was well. Just I think curious. you got to root for a guy like Justin Herbert too, right? I like. Yeah, I really like him. He honestly reminds me a little bit of Allen, um, just in terms of like some of the passes that he's able to complete. Where you're like, he had no business doing that. Um, they're a fun team to watch. That's a team, though. It's funny. I, I, I think of you know Brian Dable, the Bills' offensive coordinator. That was expected to be his job, and, and obviously he did not get it. Um, but it's it's just funny how everything works out um, because they're they're a team that they love their analytics. Obviously, uh, they go for it on every fourth down. It seems like, um, but 
they're they're a group that I think will be successful, and they're, I think they're building something. And mm. I think this year they kind of laid that foundation for sure. Uh, which brings me to my next uh, my next topic that I want to talk to you about, which is the coaching carousel that is going on in the NFL. And yes. uh, I think the most shocking one, and where we'll start, is uh, Brian Flores in Miami. Yeah. Now, and, and let me, I'll just tell you why I thought it was shocking to me, because earlier in the season, we heard that they might be trading for Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And then to us, they don't do that, and I think that was the smart move, because there's too much swirling around about yeah. Deshaun and all that. Agreed. But Tua sticks around, and now you're, but you think at the end of the season, maybe Tua's on a short leash, and they might be looking to move on from him, if they were looking to trade him in the offseason, or in the mid-season. Yes. Uh, but then you hear, Brian, they, the reason they got rid of Flores is because he had a, he wasn't getting along with Tua. Yeah. What do you think about that? Because it just doesn't make sense to me. I was very surprised when I opened Twitter on, what was it? It was Monday. And I was like, oh, I like checked the account because I was like, is that a real account? I just wasn't expecting it. When you think of coaches being fired, you think of, you know, the Giants, you think of the, the Bears, you think of other teams. Um, but I was very surprised by that. I think that goes to show, though, what they want to see. They want to see this franchise be built around Tua. I will say, when you take a step back and look the way Flores handled Tua, I mean, even with Fitzpatrick last year, it was very strange. They drafted Tua high, obviously, and then in late-game scenarios, they would immediately go to Fitz, or they would bench Tua for Fitz until Fitz got hurt. Um, and that, to me, is weird, because you talk so much about you know, your franchise guy and how important it is for him to get the experience, but confidence wise, I mean, that's hard to come back from. Imagine every time you made a mistake, you were benched. It's like, you're, you're playing afraid, you're playing scared and you cannot do that in the NFL. And some people don't like to, uh, they don't like the way he plays. I actually, I I mean, I've seen him a couple times now, obviously. I don't, I think he's pretty good. Like, is he Josh Allen level talented? No, I don't think that. But at the same point, I think he's been able to improve over this last year. Um, But it just, the NFL is just, it's, it's, it's a wild place. It's hard to get a job and it's even harder to keep a job. And I think you see that because coaches now, or I shouldn't say coaches, but you know, owners now are like, you have a year or two and then we need to see results. I mean, let's think of last year. The Dolphins almost made the playoffs. Right. Like, think of like the margin for error is just so small. Um, and they almost made. So they could have made the playoffs this year yeah. after starting out. What were they? Owing? Oh my god, they lost like seven in a row. Seven Bad. in a row. Yeah, yeah. It, and then it, they went on that win streak, obviously. But yeah, no, I, I think it just goes to show that it's really hard to get it right. And the Bills know that because of how long there was just mediocrity between the coaching, between the quarterbacking. Like, it takes a lot to get a roster. And this is the hardest part because – oh, wait. Mike said I love to see Jenna finally has a mic stand. I don't. I'm still holding my mic. Um, we always joke about that on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. Um, but uh, what I was saying, and just in terms of it takes so much to get a roster right and to get a roster competitive. Now it's even harder because for the Bills, you're just fine-tuning things. You know, you're a couple players away from right. from winning a Super Bowl. But it's right. just to see where the Bills are now from where they were even five years ago. I mean, Sean McDermott was only hired five years ago. 
like you said, you joke like trust the process, but I mean they broke the playoff drought in his first year. Second year they drafted Allen. Like, I mean, it's just been tremendous to see what this team can do. You know, Brandon Bean included, obviously. And also to see some stability with this team, right? Because for a while, <laughs> yeah, it, for a while it was uh, coaching for two years, and then out, and then mm-hmm. we bring in the next guy. You know, we bring in a guy like Rex Ryan. Yeah. He's a raw, raw guy. You know, uh, wraps his truck all in Buffalo. Oh bills my gosh! And... I will say he was really fun to cover because he was. I was just going to ask you that. Just he was just outrageous. I mean, he, he ate a dog biscuit. I'm trying to think of the other stuff. He pretended he was a Patriots player on like a phone call. Yeah. Um, he would say absurd things. He came out one time during the draft and was wearing a Clemson helmet. Uh, he just. He, like you know what your story would be which was great because it would just be right. some rex antic um right. but at the same Sean's point a little more closer to the best right oh you talk about flipping the script completely it was like one side of the spectrum is rex ryan and then the opposite complete opposite literally not even in the frame is right. sean mcdermott he is yeah. the most disciplined guy there's actually a hilarious video he was a wrestler growing up, which I don't know if you know anyone that was a wrestler, but it's very it's a very disciplined sport. Obviously, you have to make weight or cut weight or whatever. Um, it was draft night, and the Bills put out a video because uh, Kim Pagula really enjoys one of the owners. She really enjoys baking, so she had like a bunch of baked goods in the, yeah. the war room for the Bills. And in the video, they're like, "Oh my God, Sean, are you are you eating a cookie?" And he's like, "Oh no, this is Raisin Brand." <laughs> I know it's draft night. He won't even yeah. have a cookie. He's eating yeah. his raisin brand, but I think that's proved, you know, I think what it is is, you know, exactly where you stand with him. You know what the expectations are. And I think that's important because, you know, these are college guys. These are professional players. These are men and you have to set the bar. And, and then the, you know, what is it the saying? Like the cream will rise to the top. Like, mm. If you're not a good fit, you're not coming to Buffalo. And I think that yeah. says a lot. It does. And that, I think that speaks to what you were saying earlier about the mold that they're, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe the Steelers is a good mold to, to yeah. kind of uh, emulate because it's sort of that. It seems to be that way over in uh, Pittsburgh with mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin. He seems to, you know, run a pretty tight ship. Yeah. And I mean, think of some of the, <clears throat> the personalities that he's had in that locker room. I mean, that had Antonio Brown. Uh-huh. Le'Veon Bell, you know, these are some guys that when you see them in other places in their career, you kind of scratch your head and say, like, how are these guys able to function in a locker room? But, um, yeah. I mean, Sean McDermott also and Mike Tomlin is a little fun fact, but they went to college together. Did they really? Yeah, William and I Mary. I did not know that. Yeah, fun fact. <laughs> I did not know that. Jenna's <laughs> dropping the knowledge here on on Wednesdays with wheels. I did not know that. Uh We've only got a little bit. We got about ten more minutes with you because I know it's very busy for you, covering a lot of a lot of angles of these uh, these different games. Brian Dable, and mm-hmm. now he was very high on people's radar last mm-hmm. season to get a head coaching job. Is he still as high up there? Is he still as wanted? What, what are you hearing anything about that? And do the Bills have 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 they thought ahead? Do they have someone to fill that space? 
Yeah, so a couple things. I think Brian Dable last year was such a hot name because it was like Josh Allen and this Bills offense burst onto the scene. You know, it was right. hard to ignore them. Um, and now when the expectations are what they are, I think Brian Dable is definitely still a head coaching candidate. Um, I believe it was the Dolphins that uh, asked to interview him. Um, which I think, you know, a lot of places want an offensive minded guy because, you know, it's, it's when you, when your offensive coordinator leaves, obviously your offense, that system leaves as well. So that makes Mm. it challenging. Um, so a lot of NFL teams want a more offensive minded head coach. Um, I think Dable, there's been times this season where, let me, there were times last season where it was like, he could not hit the wrong button. Everything he called up was executed perfectly. There was no questions asked. There were points of this season where it was challenging. Like, especially you talk about the run game, you talk about the offensive line. Like, there were times where people were really questioning him. And it was also a hard year for him personally. He lost, you know, two of his grandparents. Um, So I think there was a lot personally going on and then a a lot of frustrations on the field. But I think, like, this Bills team that we've seen, They've been able to manage what they're doing. They've been able to better execute. They've been able to kind of figure out, okay, what works and what doesn't and kind of get back to those basics that we've seen. And I think that's been a big part of them having more offensive success as of late in these last five games, essentially. Um, So I do expect him to be a big name. I also completely think that Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator, he's been with Sean McDermott for multiple years now. He was previously a head coach with the Vikings for a couple years. Um, I think he's another guy. I believe it was the Chicago Bears that asked to interview Leslie Frazier. And my favorite interview of the week is when we get to talk to Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator, because he is just so candid and such a nice guy. Oh, thank you, Claudia. Um, he is so candid and such a nice guy. And I feel like as a person, he, like if I had a problem, I would want to be able to go talk to Leslie Frazier because he's just he's seen the kind it of all. Guy you, he's the kind yeah. of guy you could have a beer with. Exactly. Like you can have a beer with Brian Dable and you can like joke around. He's really funny and obviously very smart. Right. But Leslie is just like, if you are having a crisis, I feel like I would want to talk to Leslie Frazier. Just to, he just seems like he knows it all. And he can teach you it all, but he doesn't rub it in your face that he can teach you everything. If that and that he knows it all. Yeah. yeah. And and the players have even talked about just how phenomenal of a coach he is and how important that is too, because you get a lot of players that are talented, but without great coaching, they can't really take that next step. It takes, it takes everything, you know, to get there. Um, and Sean McDermott said after this past game, after winning the AFC East championship, that make no mistake, this is not a Sean McDermott defense. This is a Leslie Frazier defense. Um, He's an older guy. He's an experienced guy. I see him also being a head coaching candidate. And that's tough, too, because that's what comes with great teams is you have other teams wanting to take your coordinators. And in terms of that, in terms of replacements, in terms of offensive line, I think the Bills would look at you know maybe a Ken Dorsey, who's the quarterback's coach right now. Um, but he's never really had any play-calling duties. So right. I'm, I'm not sure how comfortable the Bills would be with that. So you're um, kind of just throwing them into the fire if you were doing Yeah. That. So I don't know if they go to someone in the college game or if they find someone else. Uh, it's going to be a coveted job. I mean, you talk about wanting to, you know, be able to offensively. Like, there's not many quarterbacks that have the skill set of Josh Allen. He's 6'5", incredible arm, awesome mobility, good decision-making. I mean, he makes some incredible plays. Um, so I, I think it's definitely going to be a high – 
highly sought after job. I'm just not sure exactly um, who will be there for it or if they want to promote internally, same with the defensive um, side of things. I don't know if they would want to promote internally, but that is the one bad part about having a great team is that those coaches get other opportunities and they kind of get picked off. So we'll see how that goes. You know, it is interesting though, because we've seen other coaches get picked off. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about um, uh, Joe judge in, in, uh, in, um, with the New, Giants, right? Yeah, he, he mm-hmm. came from wasn't wasn't he was he on Belichick's staff? Yes, oh, correct. Mm-hmm. Right, and some of other some other uh, uh, coaches have come from Belichick's staff. Uh, yeah, Brian Dable actually. Mike Brable was one that has panned out, but then yes. there's been quite a few that have not. Yeah, um, a lot. I'm trying to not. think of the who was the one. Well, Joe uh, Judge with, just got fired. I don't know if you Joe saw. Joe Judge just got fired, but the one that was yeah. with the. The um, uh, Detroit Lions there, he used to wear the ball cap and he oh, had the oh, beard. Oh, oh, Matt Patricia. Why can't yeah. I think of his name? Matt Patricia. Mm-hmm. There's another one that didn't work out. Yeah. So it's interesting that, that some of these guys, they're geniuses when they're with certain coaches. But yeah. then, but I also think it's because they have good players. And yes. That yeah. At the end of the day, the players got to play. The players are the ones that, really the players are the ones that make the coaches. It is so funny because I can't tell you how many times Sean McDermott has said exactly that. They can, you know, they can have all the practices, they can write up all the plays, they can study all the film they want, but at the end of the day, you're right. It is the players executing what the coaches say. And if you don't have talented players or you don't have committed players or you don't have players that are engaged, then you're not going to have the results. And it's hard on teams because realistically, like I think of the bills when Sean McDermott took over, you had leaders on that team. I think of like Kyle Williams, Lorenzo Alexander, but at the same point, you had a lot of players that would have no business being on this roster now, you know, because it's hard to recruit players to teams that aren't good. I mean, I think of now, like, again, people want to play for the bills because they're good. But years ago, I don't think Emmanuel Sanders would ever come to the bill. Would no. ever come to the Bills? He would right. be like, absolutely not. I want to go win a Super Bowl. And who could blame him? I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him at all. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, a part of it too. But success breeds. It's 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 all intertwined. You know, like success breeds people wanting to be in your situation, and then you know that usually leads to more success. And I think with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, the expectations that are set of, you know, you're going to work hard, you're going to be committed, you're going to come in every day and practice, and you're going to focus and prepare. I think um, even today, too, like Ed Oliver was talking about how, like, the level of coaching for the Bills is he's never played anywhere else professionally. It was drafted by the Bills a couple years ago in the first round. Um, But he talks about just how phenomenal, like he talks to older guys that play for other teams and it's just not the same. Yes. Uh, one more question before I, before I let you get out of here, Jenna. Okay. And thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Thanks for having me a, on. It's a busy week for you and uh, everybody over channel uh, 13 in the sports department. Uh, Mike Catalana, who mm-hmm. I got to see at the uh, John DeTulio summer soiree and we got to have a oh, nice, nice little chat. Uh, but I, Two things really quick. I think you brought up an interesting point about players not wanting to come and play in Buffalo years ago because it mm-hmm. wasn't a, yeah. looked upon as a great franchise. And I think the Pagulas found that out when they first bought uh, the Buffalo Sabres because Terry Pagula made the statement, 
if I, I'm going to bring in the best players around, if I yeah. need to go drill another oil well, I'll just drill another oil well. Is that and comment? Then think, <laughs> and then I think Terry quickly found out the players got to want to come there in order yeah. for you to get them there. So yeah. that's a great point that you brought up. And then the last question I have for you is, who do you think is going to make it to the Super Bowl? Oh, okay. Uh, that that let's get a little Super Bowl prediction. From okay. Um, I think I said the AFC is going to be really challenging because I could see a, I could see the Chiefs winning. I could see the Titans winning. I could see the Bengals even winning. Um, the Titans. But I do think that this Bills team, because of this year, and it's funny because this year wasn't as easy, um, I just believe that this team, there's just something special about this team. And I've said this actually on um, the morning show with uh, with Duffy, Pat Duffy. Like To me, Josh Allen will win a Super Bowl. It's not if, it is when. Um, but I think this team now heading into the playoffs with all the experience they had a season ago. I think it's just different for this team this year and the focus level. And I just, I have a lot of faith in this team. So I have the bills going to the Super Bowl, and then I could really see, I could see the Packers. I feel like the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, they have the one seed, all of these things. Um, But man, that would be a really fun, fun matchup. Or even maybe a Cowboys. Hey, it'd be like a retro throwback matchup. Um, Retro throwback, yeah. Retro throwback. Pretty sure that means exactly the same thing. So I just said it twice. (laughs) We'll go with it. I like it. (laughs) But no. Do you think if if, if Aaron Rodgers makes the Super Bowl and they win, he's he's talked about maybe retirement. Do you think that that could be, or is that just something he's throwing out there just because he likes to stir people up? I, Aaron Rodgers to me is a very interesting person because he's well. That's he for sure. He, yeah, so yeah. Because um, he says he like you know he hates cancel culture and all this stuff, but then he like makes so much. What's the word I'm looking? Like I feel like he constantly is in the tabloids. Where I'm like, well, he creates his own drama. Exactly. Where I'm like, you say you you don't want to be a part of this, and then you're like fueling, you're flaming the, you're fueling right. the flames. You're literally like airing it on. Um, so I like the the low drama ness of the Bills, um, but no, I think Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I don't think he'll retire. I could see him moving to another team. Maybe I don't know what that team would be, um, but he is quite an interesting character. That's for, for sure. sure. Well, Jenna, thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to your your uh, sports broadcast all the time. Thank you. Uh, I think people have said it in the comments. You uh, you bring sports uh, to people who may not be big sports fans and make it easy for them to understand and enjoy. And so thank you again very much, my friend, for doing this. That Uh, means a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, go Buffalo. Real quick, (laughs) before we end the podcast, I just want to let you know that next week, Wednesdays with Wheels is moving to Tuesday because we are having the longtime voice of the Rochester Americans, Mr. Don Stevens, will be joining the podcast. And because they have a game on Wednesday, we have to do it on Tuesday. So He's join me Tuesday at uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. So if you're not, if you're at work and you can't watch, you can always watch the replay. But that's going to be a great podcast, Jenna. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you later. Bye bye.